Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm your host, Karen Curtis. And this week, I'm going wild with invasive species in Florida. The most bothersome nuisance creatures in Florida are Burmese pythons that litter the Florida Everglades and green iguanas that fall from the trees when it gets cold outside. And here in Florida, it's legal to kill these invasive species. In fact, the state will even pay you for your kills. But you must kill these environmental enemies humanely. As one Florida man found out, the hard way. While they are an invasive species and oftentimes a nuisance, that doesn't mean they shouldn't be treated with respect. So a man who killed an iguana in Florida will spend nine months in jail. P.J. Patterson pled guilty to one count of animal cruelty months after Palm Beach County judge ruled that he couldn't use stand your ground as a defense in his trial. (laughs) I'm speaking with trapper Mike Kimmel, who is paid to remove nuisance iguanas. Thank you for joining me on Full Rigger Podcast. How are you? Good, good. How are you doing? Good. I'm so glad I caught you because I know you're mostly in the Everglades hunting for those pythons that also don't have any natural predators as well. We have lots of problems here in South Florida with nuisance reptiles. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, You know, there's more than than one invasive species down here in Florida. We got iguanas, we got pythons, we got feral hogs, all kinds of stuff. You name it, we got it. And, uh, they're all, they all play their own role in being a problem and a nuisance to the state. Exactly. Now, I have a question about P.J. Patterson. He got nine months in jail for roughing up an iguana, but I thought it was legal to hit these iguanas over the head with a hammer. You can shoot them. You can use a bow and arrow. You can kill them in a lot of different ways. Why did he get jail time? Well, you know, this guy, um, I think the reason they kind of came down hard on him and this became a whole big thing in the first place is it was pretty clear that he didn't have the right motives in the first place. You know, there's a proper way to hunt and remove these iguanas if you're trying to help the ecosystem. You know, where um, even someone like myself that gets paid to remove them, I'm really, really big on removing them respectfully and humanely. And that's something um, this gentleman did not go about doing. Um, I guess, you know, he was caught on video beating the iguana and all kind of unnecessary stuff. I believe he even claimed uh, self-defense, but it was pretty obvious that kind of was a bunch of baloney. (laughs) And, um, you know, for the state to continue to encourage people to remove these invasive species, which is what we need, people have to go about it the right way. Yeah, apparently the video showed him stepping on the iguana's tail. Then it bit him, so he instigated the animal biting him. But he said he was defending himself. And so then he was seen on the video kicking and throwing the iguana and just continuing to assault this reptile. So I guess that's why the judge threw the book at him. But if he had gone to trial because he tried to use Florida as a stand-your-ground state, he could have gotten five years in prison. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that that's just it. Nine months. Is, is still a, a good time, you know, a good a good stretch. But uh, five years would have definitely been a lot worse if you went to trial and all that. And um, you know, I think it's kind of a good thing that you know they they sort of threw the book at him a little bit and, and kind of uh, set a precedent to where 
if you're gonna if you're gonna remove iguanas, you need to do it respectful, respectfully, and humanely. Exactly. Can you imagine though him in prison? Hey, what are you in for? Oh, I assaulted an iguana. I mean, they're probably gonna <laughs> they're gonna have all kinds of nicknames for him. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure, lizard boy. <laughs> but uh, I want to ask you, how much do they pay you for getting rid of nuisance iguanas? How much do you get per lizard? You know, it really all depends. Um, I, I have jobs that that range from you know just um, maybe a few dollars or ten dollars an iguana to, to much more than that. It really depends on the problem they have at that area, how many iguanas they have, and the methods I'll be allowed to remove them. Um, generally, I like to do it by a per iguana um, payment system rather than a flat base. Just so they know what they're paying for, I know you know what I need to do to, to get paid, and um, it usually works out for, for everybody. But um, you know, it really there's no set amount by any means. And what makes iguanas a nuisance? What do they do? So the iguanas, you know, a lot of people think that the main thing is just the vegetation they eat, the flowers, and and that is a big deal to a lot of these homeowners. You know, they spend a lot of money on their land landscaping down here and the iguanas really will devastate it um but to me the the real problem they cause is the burrows they dig um you know of course their their poop and their feces is an issue as well but these burrows that they dig throughout the year they undermine sidewalks seawalls housing foundations and um you know it's a big deal millions and millions every single year and that's just you know tax money we don't have to, to waste on iguanas. I think last year or the year before, the town of Davie spent like a million dollars or more repairing the damage from the iguanas along their levee embankment. Wow. And they're not indigenous to Florida. How did they get here? The iguanas, you know, they've mainly gotten here through the exotic reptile trade, people having them as pets, um, them escaping or even being let go because they just get too big, too much to handle, or the people didn't know what they were getting into. But, you know, they do also come over on shipping containers um, at the Port of Miami from uh, South America, Central Mexico, or Central America and all that. So, you know, there's a number of ways they come into our state, but um, the exotic reptile trade is, is definitely at the top of the list. Wow. And I understand we're speaking with uh, actually a nuisance trapper, Mike Kimmel, thank you so much. And I understand they're edible. They taste like chicken. Can you eat them legally? Yeah, they're they're very tasty, uh, for sure. I've had them a number of times, and um, you know it it tastes it tastes like chicken. It does. Uh, probably a little more similar to frog legs if someone's familiar with those. But um, it really is tasty. It, it's good. The other thing is, a lot of people think they're dead when it gets cold down here because they kind of like freeze up in the trees and fall to the ground, but then they come back once it warms up. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, You know, when we get these cold snaps, a lot of these iguanas, they may fall out of the tree and seem like they're dead, but they're really just more kind of in a coma. Um, You know, they're cold blooded, so they, they almost go in a deep sleep when they get too cold. And uh, a few years ago, we actually had a guy going around collecting them up to eat them. And uh, he got on, I guess, I-95 with his heater cranking in his car. And they all started to come back to life and tail whip them and scratch them. And he actually ended up having a bad car accident. So 
definitely something people want to keep in mind if they see these iguanas on the ground. You know, very likely they're not dead. That is an incredible story. Now, he could have used Stand Your Ground. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And now, you also hunt for pythons in the Everglades, and they're kind of the same story as the iguanas because they start out as pets, and people feed them a little mouse, and then a little rat, and then a rabbit, and then a small dog and a child, and then they have to get rid of it. I'm just kidding. So they get rid of them in the Everglades. Yeah, the pythons have become a huge problem, um, and you know they've gotten a big spotlight because of it. They've um, wiped out ninety to ninety-nine percent of our small fur-bearing game in the in the Florida Everglades, and it's evident to see. You know, you go out there and you don't see any small mammals. Um, at least at the beginning of the program, you really didn't. Now, this past four or five years, we've really been hitting it hard. Um, the state contractors myself, the general public, um, you know, we have seen seen some results. We're starting to see some of the wildlife come back slowly but surely. Um, and we're starting to see the average size of python we're catching be a little bit smaller. We're still catching a bunch of pythons, but, you know, there's, there's definitely a light at the end of the tunnel. The more and more the state... Um, you know, find new ways to combat the pythons and invasive species, the better we're going to be. I really think the state needs to start utilizing um, tracking dogs more. Um, I use my dog Moose to go out and hunt pythons, and we've been very successful this year with catching them. And um, I think that when the state starts to allow new methods like that, start to allow swamp buggies a little bit more, I think we'll really be able to nip this in the butt more than we are. I'm surprised. I know sometimes you can kill a female and she's got lots of eggs inside of her, but aren't there still like more than 100,000 of the snakes out there? No one really knows how many there are out there. Um, You know, there could be, from my estimates, anywhere from 30,000 up to over 100,000. I think there's maybe not quite as many as people think. Um, I think they congregate along the levee system and closer to town. Oh. And that makes it seem like there's a whole bunch more than there really are. But there's still way too many. Um, you know, one is too many. So I think, um, you know, there definitely could be near 100,000. Not sure about over 100,000. But, um, you know, if we don't do anything about it, it's just going to get worse and worse. Well, if they've depleted the food out there, though, the small furry animals, then they might run out of food. But I've heard they also eat alligators. Oh, yeah. Um, they they definitely um, eat alligators. I, I've actually rescued three alligators from pythons where I come across an alligator with a python wrapped around it. And I have to separate the two. Um, all three alligators did survive, but man, they were on their last leg when I got a hold of them. And that goes to show just how bad the, the native wildlife is hurting out there to where these are now mainly preying on these larger predators, these alligators, because they've depleted the, the other food supply. And, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into the Everglades ecology and why it's struggling. Um, you know, we have our water issues. We have the growing panther population and different things like that. That is definitely putting strain on our small mammals in the Everglades. And these pythons are just kind of the cherry on top to really put the last strain on them that they can handle. And they eat the little key deer. 
<laughs> yep, yep. They're making their way down down to the Keys and all that. And, um, yeah, the key deer are definitely going to be a target. Oh, no. Uh, how much do you get per python? Um, the state pays $50 for the first four feet and then $25 each additional foot after that. But, um, you know, the skin is so valuable, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. And I think more and more people realize that more and more you'll get the general public who's not contracted by the state to go out there and hunt these. What the skin is worth is much more than what the state pays. Um, you know, uh, the skin makes beautiful leather products that are really the patterns only available from the pythons in the Everglades. And, you know, it really makes quality leather, beautiful stuff. And it's in high demand right now. So you give the state the snake or do you skin it first? The snake would be turned into the state first and then contractors skin it from there. A lot of the contractors, some of the contractors at least have been starting to make products. Some of the contractors even sell me their skins and I'll make products from them. Um, I think that's going to be a really growing market here in Florida is, is the Python products. And even I've been making uh, products from the iguanas. Really? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Oh, man. You can have your python boots and your iguana handbag. I just have uh, one question. Can anybody go out and kill iguanas and pythons? Yes, ma'am. Um, they're an invasive species. They're um, available to hunt year-round, no bag limit. Um, the state encourages anyone that's able to get out there and remove them. But the big thing is you want to do it humanely and you want to do it respectfully and legally. You can't trespass on private property. You can't remove them from private property without permission. You can't just leave the iguanas to lie dead. You got to make sure that you properly uh, and humanely euthanize them. Um, and you, you really shouldn't just throw them in the trash. Uh, that would go against uh, Florida wanton waste laws. And you're technically supposed to make some sort of use of them or to properly dispose of them. Um, me, I make leather products from the skin, and then the meat, I either sell it to be eaten, or I feed it to my livestock and wildlife rescues that feed. It's really high in protein, and it's great meat. Huh. I had one woman who was terrified because her neighbor was shooting the iguanas in the backyard, and he came into her yard and was firing the gun. He, are you allowed to fire your gun on other people's property? No, and that goes back to, you know, you have to, you can't remove them on private property without permission. You can do it in your law, in your yard. You can do it in um, public areas that it's permitted. But if it's in someone's private property, their yard, you can only remove it in their yard with their written permission. Um, and it sounds like that person did not have that. No. Well, I want to thank you so much, Mike Kimmel. He is a trapper extraordinaire. Is your heart going out to these poor manatees that are starving to death? We've had over a thousand of them die. No, um, you know, I've kind of heard a little bit about it. I'm, I'm not real familiar with what's going on. And uh, no, I haven't been dealing with any of that. Um, okay. I've just kind of been running crazy with these, these iguanas and these hogs right now. They, they've been not letting me get any sleep. What's with the hogs? Are those not um, feral hogs? They're they're also an invasive species, and we deal with them more out west, where I'm from, Okeechobee area, Indian Town. Um, they really tear up the farms and the cattle ranches, and we also deal with them a little bit on golf courses and private communities. 
And, um, you know, they can really devastate someone's yard. They actually can start to prey upon the native wildlife, believe it or not. They are definitely meat eaters. And, um, you know, they take advantage of certain situations, especially when you have fawns or baby animals on the ground. And um, it's pretty incredible to see what they can do to the landscape. It, it looks like someone brought through a tractor everything up. Wow. Well, I will leave you with this. I had a listener kind of put everything into perspective with this guy, Patterson, who got nine months in prison for assaulting the iguana. He says that it's possible that Jussie Smollett won't spend any time behind bars, and this guy's doing nine months for killing an iguana. Do you think that's fair? <laughs> you know, that's not really for me to answer. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see what your viewers decide. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me on Full Rigor. I really appreciate it. Good luck out there. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. I watched the video of Patterson kicking this iguana. He literally kicked it 10 feet into the air and it landed 30 feet away. I have the video posted on my Instagram page at Full Rigger Podcast. But now there's also the saga of the man who dragged a shark behind a boat while firing a gun at it. Look, he's already almost there. And then sent video of the horrific event to a friend for his reaction. He was so horrified, he posted it on social media where it whipped up online outrage. They tied the shark up by the tail. They let the fish drown. They dragged him for hours. They, the shark was torn pieces. That's not a sportsman. That's just animal cruelty. And the men were laughing at the shark in the video. It was some pretty sick stuff. This is clearly abuse. This is, this is uh, animal torture. Dr. Stephen Kajura has been studying sharks for more than 20 years. So it can't breathe. It would be like uh, dragging you underwater. Uh, how long would you survive if you were dragged behind a boat underwater? You wouldn't survive very long. They were happy to be dragging that shark behind the boat and basically torturing it, and they didn't seem to be bothered at all. And I think that's more disturbing than, than anything. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission, FWC, determined the shark dragging took place near Edgemont Key, which means the potential crimes took place in Hillsborough County's jurisdiction. The three men were arrested in December of 2017. Now, two of the men originally charged in the case were sentenced to 10 days in jail, not nine months in jail. And charges were dropped against the third man. Now, 10 days for dragging a shark and nine months behind bars for punting an iguana. Iguana new trial, man. Under the terms of the plea deal, the shark draggers avoided being convicted of a crime as well. Both had faced felony charges but pled guilty to misdemeanor charges of aggravated cruelty to animals, which is a violation of the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission rules. So basically, they got a slap on the wrist. Look, he's already almost there. Well, that wraps up this Wild Kingdom episode of Full Rigor. Try to treat all living things humanely this holiday season. And I want you to know I'm taking a short break and we'll be back with all new episodes of Full Rigor after the new year. And a spate of fresh hell awaits you. That wraps up Full Rigor. Thanks for listening. Until next time.